0: Welcome to the Be Free RE Podcast, where you learn how to make your job optional. I'm your host, John, who's just getting started on his journey, but in the last year, I moved across the country, bought four apartments, make money as a landlord, no longer pay rent, and I have my first child. I'm joined by your co-host and my guide, Tony Angotti, who in five years quit his job, and now manages over 80 units through a combination of house hacks, flips, and partnerships. So, with that, let's jump into how you can do less of what you have to do, and more of what you want to do. All right, we're back for another one, Tony. Let's crack
1: I uh, was just texting someone, not paying attention. Not a very good professional here. Ten percent, okay. half educational. It's like um, the story of my
0: marriage. I like it. Not listening, talking to somebody else.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. What did you say, huh? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, nice. So, so what's up this week? What do you, what are you up to? Mm,
0: boy, my uh, sister-in-law had her triplets, so we are helping them out, and uh, boy. I, it's a wonderful joy, but I'm glad it's happening to them and not to me. Something like that. I just
1: made I just made the sign of the cross for them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Three college funds all at one time.
0: Yeah, it kinda of simplifies it in that sense. Like, hey, it's all girls, so it's like, you know, Title Nine, here we come.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I have a story. My dad knew a guy. And this guy knew Title IX. You you talk about athletic scholarships, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he got this system down pat. He knew that they had to offer female sports as many scholarships as male sports. And Title IX had like, I think it had just started. So he taught his daughter to be a very good bowler from a young age <laughs> because he thought like there are NCAA bowling teams and he's like, the competition for young bowlers has to be like nothing. And he was correct as she got a full scholarship to... um What's that, like, main college in Washington, D.C.? Um, Catholic? No, nah, like George. George yeah, she George got full scholarships to George Mason, I think, for bowling. Wow. And she, like, qualified for, um like, the Olympics or something. It's some big tournament. I don't know if bowling is in the Olympics. So I have to look that up. But, um, but yeah, and she never – I don't think she even plays now, probably. She's strictly recreational. She hasn't gone pro is what you're <laughs> yeah. telling me. You. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Uh bowling bowling is now included in the Olympics. In the Olympics. Yes. And wow. it was first considered to be included in the 2013 vote.
0: Okay. Well, congratulations all you bowling aspirational title nine gold medal Americans. No other countries number one. Uh what else is going on in your world, man?
1: Uh nothing. Not getting scholarships for bowling. I, I like when I go bowling, I just try to see how fast I can roll the ball because it just it shows you the like miles per hour on the screen. at started ways. so I, I just try to break thirty.
0: It sounds like hammer time on all dimensions,
1: basically. Uh, That's that. So what do we what do we got going on today? We got a uh, we got
0: a Florida tenant. Um, I'm not really sure how to make this like PG 13 enough, but uh, we'll we'll just get into it. It's a Florida tenant in true form.
1: Well, they got into it, did it?
0: but um. Sh- and then uh and then we have uh we have a mailing question. I think it's quite um, quite on market for what we what we want the show to be about. <laughs> I'm not
1: sure Indeed.
0: <laughs> not sure what the show is actually about. So with that, let's jump into Florida tenants. These are the tenants that didn't give a F, but technically they did give an F. They okay. gave a C. Let me explain. <laughs> One time I ran into a couple who were the types to complain about everything. And eventually, I trained them to make a list. And then once a month, I came over and I would fix everything. They complain about things like water pressure or how the blinds hung. You get the idea. Anyway, one time I went over to fix everything on the list. Apparently, they must have really not liked how the blinds were hanging because the blinds were removed from the front bay window. The window was right in front of the parking area. When I pulled in the driveway, I couldn't believe what I saw. They were going at it, butt naked, right there in the bay window. They didn't (coughs) even stop after noticing me. They just kept going at it. Luckily, made eye contact. I was, <laughs> I had the lawnmower with me, so I just cut the grass, and they finished while I was weed eating. Uh, the guy comes out with a beer, doesn't say anything other than thanks for coming over and mowing and fixing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, I- I'm not sure what the moral of the story is there, other than. The moral of the story is always give notice. Yeah, always it's actually notice.
1: even weirder if maybe they, he didn't. If he did give notice, and they were like, they just they were into enjoyed the of it all. Hmm. Yeah, that's why they took the blinds down.
0: Yeah, uh, cordless you, blinds, everybody. Pretty, pretty affordable.
1: Something like indeed. they are our sponsor dollars. for today. Yeah. cordless blinds. Yeah. Um, Do your anyway. tenants have
0: cats? They'll love cordless blinds. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Indeed. Um, do you think he had a beer with the guy? Like if the guy offered him a beer, do you think he was like, Yeah, man, you're a legend. Like, let's share a beer. Uh
0: probably not. I don't know. How no. many beers have you shared with your tenants?
1: <laughs> Zero.
0: Zero. That's my aspirational number for the remainder of my landlording career as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, we actually uh knew a guy who became friends with most of his tenants, like bad bad call. Sometimes I like meet them and I'm like, Hey, these people seem cool. I should be friends with them. And then Anna or my wife, she's like, um, that's probably probably not something in our future. Like let's, let's not become friends with them. And I will say that now that I finally have my business to the point that none of my tenants even know that I exist, (laughs) <laughs> That's a, a much more much more desirable situation. I love the fact that they don't even know that I exist. It's, it's fantastic.
0: Yeah, man. There's some great saying about being rich and famous. And it's like, just try being rich first. See if that does it for you. <laughs> <laughs> be, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, with that, let's jump over with that very informative and insightful. I'm not sure what the 10% thing is there other than uh, cordless blinds are pretty great. And uh, don't drink beers with your tenants. Only wine. Um, So let's jump into our mail-in question. Uh, I also don't have a name here. Do you want to make up a name and a locale?
1: Esteban from Puerto Rico. (laughs) All
0: right. Esteban from Puerto Rico writes... I discovered the world of FIRE probably about a year ago, and I've been listening to tons of podcasts, mostly yours, though, and books, none of yours. When will you guys write one about the topic? Several people use long-term real estate, investing as part of their strategy, and this is something I would like to try. Is this still possible in the crazy real estate market that we are in? Has anyone even managed to get their first investment property recently? So many podcasts talk about house hacking or buying properties for ridiculously low prices. I am not sure this is a possibility for me. With kind regards, Esteban from Puerto Rico.
1: (laughs) Nice. I think if I do write a book, it's going to be called, like, My Real Estate Journey, 10% Half Educational.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh I I don't, I don't have a title for mine.
1: I, uh yours is try being rich first.
0: <laughs> yeah. Rich first
1: never fails. Anyway, so this person's getting started, right? And they want to know how they get them good deals they hear about on the internet. I call them deals with a Z. Z Z Z Z Z Z Z deals. Yeah, fur deals. Yeah, give me your best deals. Yeah. Okay, two poignant things with this. Number one, I get this from customers and stuff all the time. They say like, well, they ask me about my deals and I tell them the numbers. And then they're like, well, how do you find that? How do I find that deal? I say, well, first of all, you don't find that deal. You make that deal. So it's like when I bought all these properties that we've bought myself, none of them started out as good deals at purchase. None of them like if you look at the current numbers and everything, you're not like, yeah, this is awesome. And in fact, day one, some of them... Lose money, but I don't buy them for appreciation. I buy them for somewhat cash flow, like a blend of cash flow and appreciation. So, what we do differently, and what everyone really needs to do, is have a little bit of vision for how they're going to operate the property. So, for instance, if the market rent in an area is like $900 and all the current rents are $400, do you think it's really reasonable for you to expect $400 for the entire future of the property? Like probably not. I mean, you can probably get at least 600, right? (laughs) At least 700. (laughs) Um, So I mean, a lot of people when they just get started, they're going to analyze that deal as like a $400 a month rental. And in a less frothy market and more of a buyer's market, like, yeah, maybe you get away with that maybe you can pay sellers based on their current numbers but in a seller's market that's that's not happening like you're you're going to pay the market price or slightly depressed because it is a value add type property but you still need to be looking at like what can the property be not what is it currently mm-hmm. and I, I don't say that meaning like go out and speculate and ha- do that with rosy numbers and like make a force all your numbers to work and do that stuff I just mean that as like target properties that aren't performing well and look at a model that is very reasonable with it performing and mm-hmm. then have a very clear plan to get it to performing that way even those deals are hard to find but those are like the burr deals those are the awesome deals that's great. But a lot of times people just want their burr deals to be so clear cut with no risk. And it's like, that's not not part of this. I mean, if you want no risk, there's always some risk, but you're just going to buy turnkey. You're going to buy stuff that's like already rented. You're going to pay up and that's totally fine. You're still going to win long term, most likely. But, you know, if you want them good deals you need to take a little bit of risk. Like what's the phrase? No risk it, no biscuit. That's like totally true. I mean, you need to take some, uh, you need to take some like calculated risk here and look at what's the the most no risk it, no biscuit. That's the, that's the follow up. Um, and I don't mean like go out and do something stupid where only, A 10% upside. But if you take something where it's like 80% likely going to work out, conservative estimations, everything like that, that risk is probably going to pay off. Because even if it doesn't pay off, what's the worst case scenario, you're left with a building that probably still is close to break even or something. It's not disastrous for you. And then long term, you're still going to be building equity, you're still going to be rents are going to be increasing long-term. I mean, they could go down in like a 10-year period or a five-year period. But if you hold it long enough, um, time fixes all investing mistakes. Well, most of them, not all of them, but most of them. Yeah, most (laughs) of them. Yeah, I agree. So that is on the finding deals part. You're not just going to find them handed to you on a silver platter. You need to make them. The other thing that they mentioned is just like, how do I find deals like people talk about on the internet? And this comes up all the time. And it's like, it frustrates me so much because... As beneficial as all the real estate education sites are, the biggest downfall to them is they set expectations poorly. Yeah. Like they're setting you up to, ex- to expect home run deals and everything. And the truth of the matter is, if you're always looking for a home run, you're not giving yourself enough at bats to really build substantial long-term wealth. You might end up with like three home run deals and that's great, but long-term, you're going to be behind the person that bought like just good deals. They didn't need home runs. They just bought good deals, good deals. Good deals, good deals, good deals, singles, doubles, singles, doubles. And the benefit to doing that sort of thing is that every once in a while, you kind of just fall into a home run. Like the more active you are, Mm. the more more involved in real estate investing you are, the more networking you do, the more um, relationships you build, the more access to the community you get. And then that's when those home run deals are going to start coming to you. So if you're not even taking those at-bats, if you're just holding out for home runs, You don't have enough opportunities to build that network, build those relationships, build everything that you need to then get the home run deals. And it's and when you look at stuff that people did on the Internet, they're only going to talk about their home run deals because talking about this like boring place that I just painted and put carpets in (laughs) and like it makes me $50 a month. Like that's not going to get you to click on it. Nobody's going to click on like I have 10 rentals and they all make $75 each per month. Like, nobody's going to click on that. So they're only going to talk about their either very terrible situations or their very awesome situations. And either way, you're not getting the vast majority of the situations and the vast majority of the actual wealth building that happens. Because when you're involved, that's where you're building wealth. That's where you're building the portfolio. And ultimately, that's how you get access to the home run deals that you want. So I don't know. That's my two cents. Four cents yeah great no risk it no biscuit baby no risk it no biscuit that's the follow-up book yeah uh, what's your follow-up book you got a follow-up book i don't have a first book that's true
0: can, yeah. <laughs> uh no i mean it's go I ahead, yeah just as someone who's probably closer to esteban's situation I, I i think sometimes you also just have to look at like housing is an expense for you Okay. So, even if you're doing some of this stuff and it's not a slam dunk home run deal, you have to compare it to like, well, what would have my housing expense been otherwise? And it's it's pretty easy to, you know, if you're willing to have roommates, uh, you know, it's pretty easy to make your housing start to work for you, at least significantly reducing your housing expense. And if, if you're not in that place where you don't feel comfortable with that for whatever reason... You know, there's probably something in your market where maybe like what Tony said, you know, day one, it's not like this great IRR, but there there is some kind of ugly house that you can buy and you can make work for you, whether or, or maybe it's a duplex. Or maybe it's a house where you know grandma passed away, and there's uh, like that super old oven thing with the hmm. with the knobs that still have like needles on them to set the temperature and all that. You know that is like what you know you are buying a problem. You know that is uh, and when you enter with that attitude, uh, that framework of like I'm looking for something that looks kind of stupid, like in a retail perspective, it looks goofy, and then also like well this is what I would have been paying otherwise. Uh, in my personal experience, it's it's hard not to find something in almost every market i've lived in that makes sense quote unquote from a uh i forget what like the technical term for this is like cost mitigation or some kind of bs but anyway compared to what you're you're
1: you're referring to like house hacking i guess in this scenario yeah
0: yeah, I I am. Uh, I mean, I guess yeah. you can buy an out-of-state rental if you want to. But, you know, even in like a – like I lived in Los Angeles, man. I'm like, yeah, you need more of a down payment. But there's – you can do this with a, um, with condos. You know, you can make condos work. Yeah. So, there's ways to Cause here's
1: it Yeah, because here's the other thing about this too. Like, right? If you have – I mean, what else are you going to do with your money, right? Like, <laughs> if you have extra money and you're sitting around and you're not saving it up to buy a property or make a move or – Do something, even if you're going to invest it in something else. Like, what else are you going to do? You're going to go on Amazon Prime Day and buy a banker's light (laughs) because you're going to waste. Waste seventy dollars on that? Like, no, that's that's stupid. Like you need to start investing in assets. Like, if all you're doing with your money is spending it on consumer stuff, like that's a waste of your time and energy. You need to find a way to be investing it in assets. And real estate's great because you can control that. We obviously mm-hmm. think that because this is a real estate show. But even if you're just like saving it to put in the market, like it's way better than a dollar put it. I think Mr. Money Mustache said a thing like every current day dollar is is worth like eight dollars by age 30 which i don't think is factually correct however i found that that rationale to help me make like decisions i still buy dumb consumer stuff like i'm the one who bought the stupid banker's slate. but at the same time it's like if you think about for instance like i went out and bought mcdonald's today it was ten dollars say you did that well, that $10 could have been $80 30 years from now. So it's like when you think about your decisions that way, it's like why would you not just buy a good deal? Like is a good deal worse than some consumer thing that you spent money on like no not really i mean the good deal is going to be building wealth and in another way it's like trapping your money from you so that you don't spend money on dumb stuff that doesn't help you long term and help you get the freedom that you know i think that we want i guess that's be free principle number 473 and a half is like don't spend money on dumb stuff before you start investing in assets (laughs) Uh,
0: yeah be free (laughs) rich dad, poor dad principle number one yeah it's uh I mean, look, and also just to kind of speak from like the newbie perspective, I mean you've been in this for a while, Tony, so like you have more of these deals like it just takes time when you first started, you probably didn't get some of these things rolling your way, and if you did, you're also candidly you invest where you grew up, you have a very strong network, right, so you also need to moderate your expectations for like you know if you're if you just want to set up shop and start investing in Memphis tomorrow and you you know you don't have any roots there and you don't have any background. And, You know, it's going to be harder for you, you know. But yeah, some guy who's from Memphis, you know, he knows XYZ and you can tell him, yeah, this is what I'm doing now. And, you know, my other experience is like a lot of families get into real estate. You know, like someone's dad was doing it and the name gets out or or their mother. I don't. Yeah. So whatever. But, you know, it's I mean, you just have to recognize that 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 is kind of the headwind you're going with. So, you know, just just moderate your expectations, like getting a solid thing where you're spending three hundred dollars less than you would have been otherwise. That's like a big win with Tony's times eight math. Right. So
1: there you go. And and the other thing with this, the most important takeaway is that to get the great deals, you need to be in yeah in the market the real estate community I hate saying the real estate game I hate the phrase the real estate game it just it sounds so I don't know pretentious or silly or whatever but you need to be in the real estate community and the only way to build the relationships that you need are to be doing deals Like if you want a good contractor, you need to be working with contractors. If you want a good agent that's going to bring you deals, you need to be working with that agent and doing deals. If you want a good lender, you need to be doing deals with the lender. You can't just like coffee meeting your way to having this great network that brings you stuff. Like, that's the start. That's what you need to do at the beginning. You need to like meet with people, talk to them, continue to build that relationship. But if you're not doing deals with them, then ultimately, it's not that there's no benefit. It's just that like the people that you want to know that bring you stuff are busy. So it's like, who are they also going to help? They're going to help the people that they see the most often. And how do you see those people that often? The way you see those people all the time is you do deals. So it's like at the beginning, you know, holding out for some home run doesn't help get you any further. It's like just do the good deal. Do the one that pops up that like makes sense. Maybe it's not a home run, but it makes sense because every time you do one that's good, you're getting another at bat with your all your network. You're building credibility. You're showing that you're the person that closes. You're doing all that stuff and like talk is cheap there's a thousand people out there that say I want to start getting into real estate investing yeah and like uh, of those thousand people there's like ten people that actually do it and the more that you do it you become like one of those people that other people in your real estate community go to when they have a good deal or when they want to give you know when they want to ask for referrals and that's how you build that network and those friendships and everything like that so that's my advice if you want the home run deals start just doing good deals and the home run deals will come
0: yes any great journey begins with the first step (laughs) (laughs) oh man
1: I uh, once bought a thing at home goods that said that and I instantly threw it away as soon as I got home I was like that was the most that was like the girliest purchase I ever made not girl I shouldn't say girliest but like
0: I you can't take it back now.
1: Uh, you're going to edit it out, but you're not going to edit it out. The wussiest purchase I ever made. That's it's just like I out. saw it and I and I was like, if anyone ever comes over to my house and sees this on my wall, I'm going to instantly feel terrible about myself.
0: Yeah. Was it written in that like really cool font that says like love, laugh, live?
1: Yeah, that's actually <laughs> the the thing I had right below it. It said live, <laughs> laugh, love like on the walls, like yeah. a, a sticker.
0: It's important to, uh, to remind yourself. Well, now I have to edit this out because you just... Yeah. compared girly with whoopsie. <laughs> 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 Let me take the shovel from your hands. Uh,
1: I'll just keep digging.
0: All right, Tony. Well, with that, very good advice for Isaban from a Puerto Rico. What um, what have you learned this week that you could share with our dear listeners? No risky, no biscuit, baby.
1: <laughs> what have I learned this week? Um, this week, I I learned that At the beginning, I think that it's important to mitigate your risk a little bit because I think that like a lot of times I I was more reflecting on this because I had a few new people reach out to me to work with them. And they asked me how they can do like they saw some wholesale deals like off market stuff and they don't live here. And they were asking about like, how to get into those, and the problem with those kind of deals is like you're usually going to put a non refundable deposit on it a lot of times, they're not going to let you get like a real home inspection, you're not going to have contingencies. If you don't, you know, if you terminate, you're just going to lose that money. And if it's your first deal, especially in a new market, that inspection and those contingencies and all that due diligence are worth more to you to avoid a disastrous deal than finding like a home run deal like we were talking about. Um, Reason being that like, if you think back to when you got started, and if I think back to when I got started, if my first deal that I did would have just, like been a disaster and lost money. I mean, like it didn't need to be a home run, but if it would have just been a disaster and lost a ton of money every month, that would have like knocked me out. And I would never have, I mean, I maybe would have been able to claw back and like get back into it five, 10 years later because I didn't have a lot of money. So if you saved up a bunch of money to invest in your first deal, it's going to be very useful for you to just buy the type of deal that you can have the right contingencies on that isn't going to be like in very rough condition, that's not in a rough neighborhood, stuff that's going to like eat time and money. You kind of want that first one to be a little easy, to be honest, because then you're going to build momentum and that momentum's going to carry you through to your second, third, fourth. And then after you get past like five properties, it all just starts to get a lot easier. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even if it's going to take a lot of money to save up for your next investment property, like making that first one easy is going to be totally worth it, even if it's not the perfect bird deal or this wildly profitable building or something like that it's a lot better to get easy to start it easily than it is to get started with like the Lenny eviction. Um, yeah. Although all the Calvin kept going, but I don't know. That probably would have knocked me out if that would have been my first property, to be honest. He has more uh, quickspo than I do.
0: Yeah. It takes a special person to buy a portfolio of various things for their first go-round. But yes, that's – I mean that's – actually what I learned this week is kind of like dovetails into that where we're running the numbers on some of our deals and really a lot of the value comes out of the appreciation that we put into the property. You know, the cash flow and all that underwriting that we do up front is really nice. and We tend to not really focus on the appreciation as much. We're not doing these like incredible bird deals where we pull all the equity back out but you know when we actually look at like the value that's created even though you can't eat equity as they say like you know the actual value that we're creating um, I mean it, it like a big chunk of it comes from essentially being able to like make it happen early on and it like just further's my opinion about like these class let's call them C neighborhoods where there's super strong cash flow but mm-hmm. it's like you know who knows if the neighborhood's going to be there in 10
1: years you know it,
0: not not to say it's going to go away but you know my your house might be worth literally the exact same as it is now yeah. after inflation so um, more
1: class D type neighborhoods but yeah your point remains
0: <laughs> there you go a professional <laughs> adjustment
1: <laughs> yeah um and, and that's true. You're, you're then going through like live on the show, the natural progression of, I think, like most real estate investors. And for most people, it happens when you like look at your balance statement and you're like, holy crap, my buildings are worth what now? I'm like, it's nuts. And you don't even notice it until you step back and take a look at that sort of thing. And I think that's the perspective change that a lot of people go through. Like when you start, you think cash flow, cash flow, cash flow, cash flow, cash flow. That's the only thing that matters. But then the more you do this and the more you see how the things pencil out, like... Yeah, they have to cash flow because if they don't cash flow, then it's like, what's the point? Right? Then you're just paying right. to keep it. But when you look at that equity growth over time and that, that principal pay down, even if the equity doesn't go up, it's like that's where you make your money. That's yes. the That's best. wealth. Yeah. That's the end game. The end game is not the cash flow. Like everybody talks about how they want to retire on cash flow, and that's great and that's a good goal because that gets your head in the right place with how to analyze the buildings, but the way you're going to retire, like, and live an awesome lifestyle is just letting these places pay themselves off and then sell them. Because, I mean, if you think about it, even, like, five or six properties all paid off in 30 years, like, your retirement is achieved. Like, I mean, Yeah, depending whatever. on your
0: lifestyle. Yeah, for, for yeah. sure. And it's... um. I'm very sympathetic because when you're first getting started, I mean, it, you know, especially if you don't have a lot of money, like, you actually need the cash flow, right? Like, you, you have to. Um, but, you know, if, if I was going to give advice to my younger self, it would be something like, try and look at the year two numbers and be like, you know, it's okay if year one isn't like, a big you know a moneymaker for you so to speak like it's an investment and you need to you need to have that kind of time frame uh and like i mean it's just kind of how real estate works it's it's not a get rich quick thing it's a stay rich slowly thing Yeah,
1: when I what made it click for me, actually, and you can have your realtor do the same thing for you is like I looked back at duplexes in my area like 10 years ago, like what they sold for and what the rents were listed for when they sold them. Hmm. And I'm like, holy crap, in my neighborhood, I could have bought a duplex for like $60,000. And they would have rented for like 350 a unit, which at the time, a novice investor would be like that only makes 700 a month and it costs $60,000. That's Barely yes, even so- makes the one percent rule. I'm not gonna buy that. But then now that dude or lady or whoever bought it has this property that's worth like two hundred fifty thousand dollars and rents for like thousand dollars a unit a month and it's like who's the sucker now you who didn't want to buy the average deal at the time or the guy who was just like yeah I'll, I'll buy that and let it go over time that sort of thing and there are like don't buy just for appreciation don't buy stupid speculative stuff don't do that but like over time as long as you buy solid deals like the market's gonna go up and it's gonna go down but it's always gonna cycle and that cycle just like has an upward trend like that cycle just over time has an upward trend
0: it's it's kind of like stocks in this weird way where like you know people are like oh man if i bought it at the bottom and sold at the top i would have made this much money it's like yeah you know if my mother had a dick she'd be my father like who cares (laughs) if you can do this hypothetical shit you know what i mean like no one buys at the bottom and sells at the top that's you know and if you do you it's lucky you're not a wizard so you, you just you have you know time in the market beats timing the market uh, so to speak so i don't know how we man we we're really ripping on this one but anyway there you yeah. go that's what you learned this week <laughs> there you go warren
1: buffett himself just talked to you
0: yeah i think that's that that's what that quote is about mother and father that's a buffettism
1: <laughs> anyway we've talked to them for too long yeah, so okay. Where do they find out more about us? Uh, Well, first of all, we need you to call us. We need you to
0: call us. Don't even tell us your name. We don't want to know who you are or where you're from. We just want your questions, your tough, annoying questions. 412-212-8366. We're on BFreeRe on Instagram. Uh, Tony, where can they get you?
1: At 412agent on Instagram, uh, 412agent.com. They can find me on Pockets, all those things. And I do want to add that if they call in with like their most ridiculous Florida tenant type story, we may bring them on as a guest.
0: There you go. Right? That's a great idea. Yeah. And- so
1: if you call in with a crazy situation that merits a, a conversation, then we'll bring you on the show.
0: All right. I like that. All right. This episode was brought to you by cordless Blinds, keeping cat owners happy and uh, preventing you from a disturbing experience with your tenants who are just going after it. All right, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your week. Peace.